Our scripture reading this morning is from 1 Kings, chapter 19, verses 9 through 15. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in places before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, and for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. May God bless the reading of his word. Thanks, Dennis. So we're in the Old Testament today, in 1 Kings, which has a northern kingdom prophet. I I won't bore you with history, but suffice to say, at this time, there's two kingdoms. There's one in the south, where Jerusalem is, and then there's one in the north. And uh, Elijah is one of the northern prophets. Prophets are cool people, because they are armed with the word of God, and they wield it like a sword. (laughs) And uh, in Israel at this time, the King Ahab decided to marry, and instead of marrying a nice Jewish girl, uh, like God wanted him to, Ahab decided to marry one of the local tribes in order to make a little, you know, make some peace among the... It makes sense politically, makes sense politically to... uh, So he married someone, uh, a woman who was part of a different culture and a different tribe and a different kingdom who worshipped the god Baal, and Jezebel, who was the queen to Ahab, really brought a lot of energy around this worshipping Baal, to the point that Baal almost overshadowed the worship of Yahweh in Israel. Well, this got Elijah all worked up, and he talked to Ahab about it, and clearly Ahab did not wear the pants in that family. <laughs> and uh, there, there, was, there was not a lot of help on Ahab's part. And uh, so Elijah came and said, you know what, this business between choosing between two God, you can't worship 
two gods at once. You're gonna, and, and the being of two minds just isn't working. Having these two choices isn't working. The choice between Baal and Yahweh are trying to worship both of them at the same time. This displeases God. So here's what I want to do. And he says, let's have a little, uh, let's have a little con- contest. Bring me two cows. And I, the lone prophet to Yahweh, uh, will offer my cow as a sacrifice and, in, and it will invite God to consume that cow with fire. And you, 450 prophets of Baal, you offer your cow and you invite Baal to bring down fire and see how that goes. And so they did this, they go up on the mountain, they build a big fire, they build all the, they put uh, uh, wood and everything around the altars, they have two altars, and uh, the Baal guys go first. 450 of them, they're dancing around and they're trying, they're praying to Baal, and they're saying, rain down fire on this cow. And they, they do this all night long, and they keep, and <laughs> Elijah kind of stands back and just mocks them a little bit. Oh, maybe God, maybe he's hard of hearing. Maybe you should pray a little louder. Maybe, you know, it's just kind of talking trash, uh, as you do in these kinds of things. <laughs> and so he's trash talking the Baal, uh, prophets. And after, after all night, they're exhausted. They can't, they can't take it. So then Elijah says, well, it's my turn now. And so he goes over and he just kneels down. And he kind of says quietly, God, an offering. (laughs) And boom, fire cranes down some the earth. Oh, I forgot one part. He also, he told him, he says, let's, let's set this up good. He threw water all over the, all over the wood and the altars. It was all wet, right? And then boom, down comes fire and it just consumes everything in one big mushroom cloud. And everyone's like, whoa, that is amazing. (laughs) That is crazy. And, uh, this freaked everyone out. And uh, the the PG thirteen part of this is is Elijah ordered that all four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal be executed, and there was no more. Suffice to say, there was no more Baal worship going on in Israel at that time. Well, this of course upset the the king's wife Jezebel, who vowed to kill Elijah. And this, for some reason, this freaked. Elijah out, he was concerned about this. He was scared. I don't know why he'd be scared after watching this mushroom cloud uh, take over, you know, wipe out that altar, but Elijah got nervous and ran out of town and went and left his servants behind. He went out into the wilderness and he was like, uh, I don't want to die at the hand of Jezebel. God, just take me now. I should just, uh, you know, I'm, al- I'm alone here. I'm the last prophet. I'm the only prophet left. Jezebel's out to get me. Nobody likes me anyway. Because <laughs> I always bring this bad news around. I'm always criticizing people. Uh, I feel alone. God, just take me now. And, uh, every day he woke up and God had provided food. And finally the word of God came to, to Elijah and says, Elijah, what are you doing here? And he says, I'm alone. I alone, I've, I've taken care of all the prophets of Baal, but here I am in the wilderness because Jezebel wants to kill me. And 
And God says, go up to Mount Horeb, or Mount, Mount Sinai, if you were in the southern kingdom. Go up to the mountain where God's law was revealed to Moses. And go up that mountain and wait for me. And he goes up there and he says, he says, uh, I'm going to appear before you. And the earth shook. But God wasn't there when the earth shook. The wind blew. But God wasn't there when the wind blew. The, the fire, came, what was the third one? Fire, yeah, the fire came or <laughs> something like, God wasn't in the fire. Um, and then we're told the sound of, in our translation today, the sound of sheer silence. The Hebrew word here could also mean a still small whisper. Which makes more sense, because it says when he heard the sheer silence, he got up and went out. Which, I don't know how you hear silence. So, so I, there was, it's this quiet, still, small voice. Elijah. Elijah says the same thing. I alone am left. I'm the only one left. They're out to kill me. I feel alone. I feel deserted. I feel lost. And we don't go into this, but the next thing that happens is God says, you know what, Elijah, get up. I'm sending you home. I want you to anoint a new king. And then I want to anoint I want you to anoint another new king. <laughs> And these two kings are going to protect you and are going to protect Israel. They're going to make sure that all those things Jezebel wants to do aren't going to happen. And then I want you to anoint Elisha as the new prophet to take over for you when you're done. And you're going to teach him some things. So here in this moment, there's a lot going on. Elijah, who feels so alone and lost and deserted, and without hope and without presence, which again is amazing given what Elijah just seen and given that God provided food in the wilderness. One has to wonder, how, where did this loneliness come from? Where did this sense of isolation come from? But I think it, I think it has something to do with Elijah looking outside himself and seeing all of this amazing things happening, and then when they stop happening, wondering where God went. Where was God when there was quiet? Where was God when I didn't see how I was going to escape Jezebel? Where was God when the world stopped making sense? Where was God when tragedy happened? I could no longer be in my home. I could no longer be in my city. I could no longer be with my relatives. I even have to leave my servants behind and I'm out in the middle of the desert by myself. Where is God now? And what God seems to say is, and and recounts all these ways that God appeared to Moses, as as Jane said earlier. Yes, I I sometimes uh, come to you in mighty and dramatic ways. Yes, I can wipe out an altar in a split second and produce a big giant cloud. But I'm also 
in the quiet times. I'm also in the, in the times when you don't see or hear. I haven't gone anywhere. I'm still right there. And I'm still with you walking. When you are out in the desert and you are scared, I'm there. But don't look for an earthquake. Don't look for a pillar of fire. Look for me in the, in the food you eat. Look for me in the way that I protect you. Look for me as I work out my plan with patience. Look for me in the sheer silence. When there is nothing else there. When there is no one else there. God is there. With you. Holding you. Strengthening you. Preparing you. Sometimes it's a matter of stopping and waiting. Or that still small voice to speak. And all the things that Elijah was concerned about, God took care of. Hey, I got a, I got a new king who's going to have a little more backbone than Ahab. <laughs> and he's going to run the show. And I got, In fact, I got two new kings. We're going to divide things up a little bit. And I got a new prophet who, so you can share the load so that you don't feel so alone. You know, isn't that the way God works in my life? I know that's the way that God works. When I feel most alone, it's amazing. Sometimes, sometimes it's someone who loves me deeply. I, I see them. I hadn't seen them in a while. Or Katie comes walking in just at the right moment when I'm feeling alone. Or sometimes it's a stranger, right? You, you have one of those weird conversations where you have this connection and you feel it. God brings those people just at the right time. And it's hard to remember sometimes, especially when tragic things happen. When someone we love is hurt. When someone we love is gone. When our relationships fall apart. When the world seems to be falling apart. Where is God? I read the news. And every time I see something about those kids in Texas, I'm... Furious, And I'm wondering, God, what are you going to do about it? Then I hear that not-so-still small voice saying, Curtis, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> I'm like, thanks a lot. It's hard, to, it's hard to find God in those moments when, we just, when the, the noise around us is so loud. It kind of, it reminds, I, here's what I think it's like. Jack, my son, when we, when he was little in Seattle, I used to take him to this park in Edmonds. And it was great because it had tons of things to play on. He always found friends to play with and let me sit on a bench and read a newspaper, <laughs> which is not, which is rare sometimes. So we're at the park one day and, and, uh, he's running around and I'm, uh, I, he hooked up with a, couple of friends and they were playing and so I went over to a bench that was underneath a tree over there and was reading my paper and I was watching him play and his friends took off to do something and he was he was just kind of playing and then he realized I wasn't he didn't know where I was like he he started looking around and you know you could I just watched that panic look come over his face like 
Where, where did my dad go? <laughs> where, and he started moving over this way. And, you know, moms don't do this, but being the dad, I thought, let's see how this goes. <laughs> let's see how far this goes, right? <laughs> so he kind, of, he kind of runs over this way, and pretty soon he's running over. He's running over back that way. I didn't let it go forever. I mean, I was, <laughs> I'm like, hey, Jack, I'm over here. And he looked, he finally turned around. And he's like, oh, thank God. You know, and then, and then he, he, he kind of walked over to me and gave me a quick squeeze and then ran off again. Uh, you know, everything's okay. It's going to be okay. Now that I can, I know where, I said, I'm right over here on this bench if you need me. And he was fine. I feel like that's the way we are, isn't it? That's the way I am. Wait a minute. God was just here. Where did he go? <laughs> Where did God go? Next, and, I, and I begin to panic. But it's not too late. And sometimes I think God lets me lie, sit there for a minute. And then finally, God says, hey, I'm over here. Don't panic. We, I'm never going to be out of eyeshot. I'm never going to be that far it's okay let us pray loving and gracious God as we hear this story from kings and the story of Elijah who had witnessed great things God I recognize that I have witnessed great things and yet I still find the capacity sometimes to wonder where you are sure many of us feel this way even though we've known your blessing, even though we've known your presence, even though we've known you to be there in time of need, sometimes we can't help it, but we wonder, where did you go? Help us, God, to hear your voice when you speak and to rest in the faith of knowing that you are there even when we don't see you or hear you or feel you. Help us to know that that is a temporary thing, that you always are right there. Thank you for that. We ask this in the precious name of Christ. Amen.